This is the Married to the Road podcast with your hosts, Larry and Angie Baum. Married team truckers who will share with you the latest trucking news, share stories of life out on the road, their crazy road dogs, and how they are giving back to the trucking community with their Treat a Trucker campaign. Sit back, relax, and listen into Married to the Road. Keep your eyes on the road and your ears on us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Married to Road. This is Angie. And this is Larry. How you doing? <laughs> so we have been in quarantine this week. Well, Tuesday you had to go get your COVID test. How was that? Uh, they checked my brain and they couldn't find anything. No. You said it stung for about an hour, didn't it? Yeah, it burned. Yep. I would not go through that again. <laughs> yeah, so if any of you haven't had the COVID test, pretty much what they do is they stick a huge Q-tip all the way up to the top of your sinus cavity. And they have to do it on both sides, so it's not a fun ordeal. It was not fun. Nope. But Larry's going in first thing tomorrow morning, bright and early, to have his lovely surgery done. It's not a big deal, but still, I don't like him going under. It makes you nervous. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's an outpatient, so I'll be home. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we've pretty much spent the week just uh, cleaning house and trying to get rid of stuff and organize. We got rid of a lot of stuff we this week. We got rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. So we're getting closer and closer to finishing up, like packing up our stuff and getting our house repaired so we can get it on the market so we can get on the road and, and hopefully be able to save up more for retirement. That's our goal. Retirement sounds good. I like the sound <laughs> of that. Yep. So today we've only got um, one segment for you. Uh, we did a really awesome interview with a lady, uh, some of you might know, Desiree Wood. Um, she is a very well-known female trucker um, who is really strong for women's rights, especially when it comes to sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, and then she has also started a nonprofit organization called Real Women in Trucking. And so we got to do a really good interview with her the other day. How'd you think it went? I think it went great. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She had a lot of great information and she's, she's, you know, been in trucking for a long time and she had a hard road getting into trucking. I mean, she, she actually had been homeless for a little while. So she's seen a, seen a lot. She's been around. Yep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, we actually, we have an article that I, so the other day, I don't know how it came about some, somebody who I know, and I can't remember, I'm, I apologize. I can't remember who it was, but some female trucker had talked to me the other day about her personal experience. She'd experienced in CDL school, um, where she had, um, faced some sexual harassment from some of her trainers. And I had heard that a lot of women had experiences. So I just posted onto Facebook, a general message, like, you know, if you had experienced, uh, sexual harassment in CDL school, please contact me. I'd love to hear your story. And uh, I shared some of them with Larry, and I think I was shocked by how many women actually reached out to me that had gone through it. It's pretty sad. Yeah. I think... Uh, it's definitely a problem out there. Yeah. I think... I didn't, I personally did not face any sexual harassment, probably because everybody knew I was married. They didn't know you, but they knew I was married. Yeah, I think most of the sexual harassment goes out on the truck with your trainer. Yeah, when... And I was your trainer, so... Yeah, you sexually harassed me, Dad. <laughs> No, but all seriousness, that, I think that's true because 
<clears throat> too often when, when women, because you know we all have to go through our CDL school and then most companies require that you go through anywhere from a four to six month training period with a, as a trainer where you've got to be on their truck. And a lot of times, you know, companies will pair a woman with a man and, you know, that can make for a dangerous situation, in my opinion. What do you think? I think that's got to stop. I think a woman should train a woman. Yeah. I know some companies have said that the reason that they don't have a lot of women training women is because, I mean, statistically, there's only 8% of the women that are in the trucking industry compared to, what, 92% men. That's a huge difference. It's better. Two years ago, it was only 6% women, so we're increasing. It's building up. But still, we got to get some more women truckers in here. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I have noticed the last, I think the last two years, a lot more female truckers on the road, so it's nice. Nice seeing us ladies out there representing. I've been noticing a lot more. Yeah. Hey, now. That sounds uh, bad. Not that I look. <laughs> I just notice it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to be putting up an article um, properly uh, later on today. Um, where I'm going to be sharing their personal stories of their experiences that they experienced either through CDL school or through the um, over-the-road training process with their trainer. Um, that I may have to do a two-part series only because I was contacted by so many women that shared their story. And um, I will not use any of the women's names or identities, even though some of them said I could. I just don't think it's fair. Um, I think that they were brave enough to share their story with me that I certainly don't want to put their name out there in the media for anybody else to try to contact them. No, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. We want to protect our lady drivers. <laughs> and I do have to say I was contacted by a male driver who also, um, and he, he, uh, didn't, he said I could share his story, but he didn't really want it in the story. But in general, he, he had received some sexual harassment from his female trainer too. So it goes both ways. It's not just women. I think it's just more prevalent with women, though. But if you um, did, you know, go through CDO school or over-the-road training and have any, you know, either sexual harassment or harassment in general, um, we'd love to hear from you because I'm sure this isn't going to end. I'm sure we'll have to do another series on this because it's a serious topic that needs to be dealt with. And I think, unfortunately, in the trucking community, it's one of those hush-hush topics that nobody likes to talk about. And we can't do that. we got to get it out in the open and get it stopped yep we gotta have our women drivers feeling safe out there so anyway <clears throat> just sit back and relax we're gonna have it's gonna be a really good interview it's a long interview it's about 30 minutes um but we do hope that you guys share this podcast um share it on your social media if you have a trucking group share it with them because it's a really informative article i think it's our interview it's a really informative uh interview and then we're gonna be posting lots of links up um, with the article and up also in Truckers for Truckers uh, to Desiree's uh, websites that she has going. So if you want to, you know, find out more information about her programs or what she's doing, you can uh, find out on truckersfortruckers.com. Yeah. Anything else? No. No. Except we got to get the, we got to open up everybody's eyes to this major problem. Yeah. And we got to make sure we get you home safely tomorrow out of the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good thing, too. <laughs> we'll have an, we're going to have another podcast up for you guys on Sunday, so we will post an update on how Larry's surgery went. I'm sure it'll be fine. He's just going to be very, very sore for quite a few days afterwards. So lots I'm of, pretty nervous right now. Yes. So I'll play Nurse Angie. Take care of you. <laughs> oh, I like that part. We can play doctor. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So just sit back, relax. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll have our interview with Desiree. <coughs> Thank you very much for listening. Everybody be safe out there in the roads. Be safe out there. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Treat a Trucker is a program designed by Larry and Angie Baum. This program thanks America's truckers by giving them a free meal in the form of a Subway or Denny's gift card. Consider making a donation today and help give a truck driver a free meal today. Just visit our Married to the Road Facebook page and see our current fundraiser. Help treat a trucker today. Desiree, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing just fine. So I want to introduce you to our listeners. I'm speaking today with Desiree Wood, and you're a fellow truck driver, and you also um, have started a you started a nonprofit called Real Women in Trucking. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I I actually I had been on your site a few years ago, and uh, my friend Sarah was actually the one that gave me some information about you. And I can't believe all that you've done so far since you started driving. Yeah, it's been um, it took on a life of its own for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna kind of just kind of start back when you first started trucking. So can you tell us a little bit about why you chose to go into the trucking field? Well, I entered trucking. Um, for many of the same reasons, lots of people do. I, I was, um, you know, my kids were grown up. I didn't have a reason to just stay at home. Um, and I wanted a change. I wanted to do something, um, where I was moving around for work and I just kind of was, was in a rut in my life. Um, I also was, had hit some hard times. I, was actually homeless at the time I became a truck driver. And I found it as a way to kind of reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. So I went to a truck driving school. Um, I did not know a lot about the industry and learned um, pretty quickly that it was full of schemes and uh, dead ends and they painted a picture that you could really make a new life for yourself. But there were so many obstacles that most of the people never even made it six months. And I did not want to be one of those people. So I sort of set out to expose those traps that they set for you. Yeah, I actually was reading about your CDL school and the way you went through it. And I kind of got into trucking the same way. I, I'd i always worked in an office atmosphere and my husband had been a trucker for, I guess, 16 years at the time. And um, FedEx had asked if I'd ever thought about doing trucking. And I was like, no, but, <laughs> but we got to thinking, you know, I was kind of the same situation. My kids were grown and so I thought, why not give it a chance? But I was reading about your CDL school experience and, you know, a lot of what you mentioned is so true. I mean, the recruiters will tell you anything, you know, they can to get you through the door. And then it doesn't seem like you have a lot of support going through the orientation or schooling. Right. They kind of just leave you to, I mean, depending on where you go. I mean, at the time I knew nothing. Um, except, but I was very suspicious of the recruiters right off the bat because I could see that they were, um, 
getting commission. It was clear to me from day one, there was a lot of people getting a kickback from this and that and the other person. So I was, I had a, a, a keen sense of that. And I just decided to kind of just sit back and take note, but essentially the school was getting whatever money they could get from whoever they could hustle uh, for this much money or that much money or whatever means that they got themselves there. And then, dumping you off um, at the driving course and with the equipment that was just crappy equipment with really no guidance and saying, okay, we'll pick you up at seven o'clock and left us to ourselves to teach each other. And Mm -hmm. um, I ended up doing pretty good um, with the, I mean, I surprised myself how well I did by the pre-trip and this kind of thing. But with the operation of the truck, it just really pushed you through so fast. And when we did get to go out on the street, I only got to drive, I think, two times around the block before I took my test in an automatic. And the next thing you know, I'm driving in the snow in the wintertime in Tennessee after I just went through this really quick course in South Florida where it does not snow and it's all flat. So I was, as a responsible adult, I was really taken aback by how they pushed people through this system and basically threw them out on the road in the wintertime. And that was sort of the first um, part of my journey. And then obviously a lot of people know that after that I did team driving Um, as a student, a single female student, which is significant, I've learned. And from that, I began to tell my story through social media and, and YouTube. And um, that led to the formation of real women in trucking. That's awesome. Yeah, I I really was interested in reading so much about it. Now, one of the things I know that you're very passionate about is, you know, making sure that you know, women have a safe CDL school and orientation experience. What is like the one piece of advice that you could um, possibly give to a woman who might be interested in going into the trucking field in CDL school? Well, I, I would say, first of all, if you are a woman that is not part of an going to be part of an established team like myself, um, and, and, and that does not completely protect you because I've heard of married women having being attacked as well. Um, choose wisely your CDL school, um, go to a community college or trade technical school, if at all possible, often you can get a grant to pay for it. Um, and then you get about eight weeks of instruction rather than the three or four week CDL mill type method. They have a much higher standard and it's really the difference between going to, um, uh, you know, Yale and a state college, if you could even call Mm -hmm. the CDL mill that, because once you go out of a a eight week program and you have your CDL in your hand, you're, you have a lot more opportunities available to you, better training fleets that will hire you, not these rock bottom barrel company sponsored training programs who are basically have you as an indentured servant to them to work off your tuition. So when you put yourself in that situation, 
And now you are in a bad company, giving you bad training, putting you in unsafe situations and your CDL is tied to them and your training certificate is tied to them. You've really just set yourself onto a path that sometimes there's no return and it, it's, it, it creates a lot more problems for you going down the road. Absolutely. I, I saw that firsthand myself. I think that's the one thing I did not, I, ha I had a really hard time in CDL school. I, I went through a CDL mill. I mean, luckily for me, I was able to train with my husband for the first six months. And so he was experienced, but of course, you know, that has its obstacles too. But yeah, I mean, when I started out, I think there was 50 people in my class, three of them were women. Plus I was older. I was 45 when I started. So that wasn't good either. I got a lot of harassment on that, but then it dwindles down to like 10, but I, I walked out of that school feeling like I, I was not prepared at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. And I think, I think most people feel that way, but women are big enough to admit it. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's a, that's really important to, you know, be, be honest. You did not learn enough to be operating that kind of equipment. And sometimes it takes people about two years to look back at their, their, the way they were trained in this entry level driver training system and go, I did some really stupid stuff because I was following the pack, but in hindsight, knowing what I know now, I'm so mm -hmm. lucky that I didn't kill someone or myself from the way I was trained and what was going on during that time. And a lot of people, you know, they say, well, you must be really, um, you know, something else that you made it through all that. I'm like, it's, it's sheer dumb luck in my opinion of which of us, because I saw a lot of, I met a lot of people that were very capable of becoming a qualified driver. And this, some little event happened that just destroyed it. You know, the trainer had mm -hmm. driving in a black ice conditions and they did not know, um, um, uh, you know, a number of, of, you know, death by a thousand cuts, little events that, they were not aware that they were just following the pack instead of going, wait, 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 this is not right. Absolutely. Now you did kind of mention it and I want to talk, you started the non-for-profit organization, real women in trucking. And what was your inspiration for starting that? So real women in trucking was created because there is another organization that a lot of drivers have heard of, or some have not many have not, women in trucking. And so women in trucking um, was formed in 2007, which is the same year I became a truck driver. And as I began to have problems in my training, specifically sexual harassment um, and retaliation for reporting it, as I began to report it to women in trucking, I found they were stalking me online, uh, trying to intimidate me to shut up stop talking about it and scare me away. And I learned that I was not the first one that they did this to. I learned that that was a pattern in practice um, of the way they do things, because if they silence you, then nobody can know and they can keep it under wraps. And the places that it's happening the most are their corporate sponsors. So yep. I felt like that was, uh, something that needed to be exposed. 
Um, I also felt like you are making a lot of people suffer in silence unnecessarily and creating a myth in this industry that women who come forward are liars. When in fact, there have been women that have been violently raped and assaulted in a handful of fleets. And nobody wants to stand up to them. So the first year I was a member, I was a member of 549 and I stayed a member with them into a second year, even though I knew what they were doing because I wanted to be in a position to push them against the wall when a case did come up, which was a CRST sex harassment class action case and force them to choose between a driver and the company. And of course mm -hmm. they charged, they chose the company and they revoked my membership. And I still have the letter from Ellen Voyer revoking my membership and the check she returned with my dues for my membership um, there that, you know, proves it. Um, I did appear on Dan Rather uh, investigative report that led to uh, four shows into truck driver training and then, of course, many, many interviews since then. Um, we've butted heads many times. What we have found about the organization, for we, we started as a protest group. So that, that all went down in about 2009. Um, by 2010, Real Women in Trucking was a Facebook group, a page, a like page. And we uh, started our website with a series of 32 questions that we sent to Ellen Boyer to ask her, does she represent drivers or does she represent corporations? So that was the very first blog post on real women in trucking. And you can still find it there today. It's called uh, 32 questionable answers um, from Ellen Boyer or the president or whatever, but it's still on there. And because she's pretty cagey, it's hard to pin her down. She's, 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 she likes to have her leg on both sides of the fence. So she says, you know, speaks out of two sides of her mouth, depending on who she's talking to drivers or, um, companies. But, uh, when you get all the stories in one place, then you see that she's just, she's just making money. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, it, so the, as real women in trucking evolved as a protest group by 2013, uh, we were getting more and more women contacting us for help. We were getting asked to do to speak on a lot of different issues. One thing we got real involved in was the truck parking issue, Jason's Law, and um, often being contacted by law firms um, about different cases, discrimination, pregnancy discrimination, rapes, all kinds of things. So I said, we should just go ahead and file our paperwork. And I did that in 2013, 2012, 2013, and we got our 501c6 um, in 2013. And we are now uh, um, the same type of nonprofit organization that WIT is, WIT, that OIDA is, that, that the ATA is. And almost right away, we started getting phone calls from companies that wanted to sponsor us and, you know, help us help them get drivers to work for them and it, it caused an ethical dilemma right out of the box 
for us to be like Ellen, you know, basically you're taking money from companies and then when the companies are not doing the right thing, then which one are you going to pick the driver or the company? So we did that for a couple of years. I really did not pursue it. I never called anybody to sponsor us. They, they called us and we took a couple of them. And then this year we were like, let's just go membership. We don't even press push the membership much, but we just said, let's just have drivers support us, driver members, and we're dumping all, all corporate sponsors. Um, a couple of them have been involved in some um, lawsuits. I didn't want to have my hands tied um, if if somebody that was supporting us was getting sued that I can't say anything because they're sending us this money. I'd rather I'd rather have my conscience clear. So we we thanked those that were. Um, with us from the beginning that we never had any problems with. And we cut ties with the ones that, that basically were not doing the right thing by drivers. And um, we're own, we, we are supported solely by members except for our annual queen of the road awards, which is um, the official sponsors road pro brands. And they're not a carrier. They support drivers with their, their product line. So, so we, we do like that. And, um, now we've gone into an area where we're still involved in the truck parking uh, coalition and the um, uh, some some other issues with the truck drivers. Primarily, the sexual misconduct that's going on in the fleet is a fleet is a big thing. Discrimination cases, and now I've been acting as an expert witness in some cases um, on behalf of the plaintiffs, which are women. And I and I have to tell you. Um, some of the cases where I'm an expert witness for these women who have been harmed or discriminated against, there's another expert witness that turns up in a lot of these cases for the carrier. And that person is Ellen Boyer of Women in Trucking. So that's what they do. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is shocking. I just, I posted in one of our one of my groups the other day because I had talked to a girl who had had a pretty horrifying CDL school experience. So I just posted on one of my groups just to see how many women were affected by it. And I said, you know, contact me privately. I don't want anybody posting this information on Facebook. And I was actually shocked and horrified by how many women had, at, you know, had some form of horrible sexual harassment, either through CDL school or through orientation. And I think the saddest part about it is people don't like to talk about it, especially truck drivers. And I think a lot of them kind of go through the opinion of it just doesn't exist. Well, it does exist and it's a problem. And I think that's what irritates me. So I was, that's why I was so glad to see what you were doing. Well, it's been, <clears throat> it's been difficult because you know, I got death threats when I first started talking about this. And and sometimes the death threats came from people who were spurred on by other women. Um, some of the, the most disgusting attacks at me have been from other women to marginalize women who have been affected. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's changed over time. Uh, you know, I, it always bothers me when I hear of women that have been assaulted, like in the last two years, when I've put so much stuff on the Internet to warn people, don't go to this carrier. Don't go there. It is a ongoing problem there. 
So it really takes all of us in a coalition to get the word out and know each other. I mean, we've had an underground grapevine for over 10 years of people that say they see a woman post something bad happened to her. People start attacking her on Facebook. And then I'll get a private message that says, can you go and talk to her? And I'll talk to them privately and let them know they should not feel ashamed and everything. And let find out what do you want to do? Do you want to fight back? Do you want a lot of them just want to walk away from this industry because they're completely traumatized and they have a hard time trusting again. And when you're in a, a company, when you've signed on to a company that's making you do team driving and you're a student and you've already had one attack, it's hard to get on a truck with somebody again, even a woman. And it is the paranoia. I mean, I lived it. I was on 10 trucks in six months trying to get through team driving. And some of them were people that were just unsafe drivers, unfit. But some of them were very um, scary, violent situations that stayed with me for a couple years. I would have nightmares about what happened. I chose not to have a lawsuit. I chose, and the reason why is sometimes you these companies have enough money to settle a $50,000 lawsuit every day of the week. That is not going to make them change. Right. That's not going to make them change. What needs to happen is we need to mobilize together and we need to call them out and we need to do it together. So we went to Washington, D.C. in November of 2019 to the FMCSA. We had one of the very first meetings with Jim Mullen, who has now since left the FMCSA, about sexual misconduct and entry-level driver training with nine action points of how they could take immediate action. We we didn't get everything that we wanted, but it, it, we at least opened up a dialogue But something that's really important is for all of us drivers to stick together, to start putting together a um, some data of where it happened, who it happened with and identify some of these trainers or co-drivers where it's happening that just go on to another company and do it to somebody else. And they get a verification of employment from the past employers that know they did it. Yeah, that would be really good. Yeah, because I, that's exactly right. They can go from employer to employer and they would never know what they have done in the past. Right. So I see a pattern with, like, so for instance, a trainer that rapes a student. They'll leave the carrier. If they get caught, like caught, caught, they'll leave and then they'll go work at another training fleet. Well, why does an experienced level driver want to work at a low wage training fleet? Because they have access to students, that's why. So there's all kinds of red flags that are all around us. But a lot of us have not really paid attention. We've been so busy pointing the finger at women. And I I have stuck up for men, just to be clear. I have stuck up for men that were wrongly accused. But the fact of the matter is you're not going to really, you, you can make all the allegations that you want, but the, the truth comes out if you listen. 
you know, and I have yet to see a law firm take a case for a woman that accused somebody and take it to the limit, you know, without the evidence to support it. Because a lot of these types of lawyers work on a contingency. That means they don't get anything unless they win the case. And they're not going to take a case that doesn't have ed- evidence to support it and then invest all their free time for some baloney case. And I think a lot of people, they get stuck on on this thinking, oh, women, they just, you know, they I've, I've heard of, they bring it on themselves or they, they wrongly accuse the man or um, there's just a lot all of us need to learn about this topic. And there's a lot of misinformation out there and we really need to have each other's backs. That, that is so true. I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing is we got to have each other's backs because we've got to be out there supporting each other. And I'm, I hate it when I see a woman that said that she's had problems and it seems like everybody wants to attack her and call her a liar. You know, we're supposed to be there to support each other. And I, it just makes me sick to my stomach when I see that. And unfortunately you see it a lot. Yeah. Now you mentioned the membership to uh, real women in trucking. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the membership? I kind of was looking over it last night, but in case anybody would like to join. Yeah, we we have just one membership now. We used to have different levels. We stopped doing that. We just have one membership level, and it's $55 a year. It's um, um, And then the first year, you get a T-shirt, a pen, a sticker, and I send a letter. And sometimes it takes me a while to do it because I'm trying to do this at work at the same time, so I apologize. But, um, um, and then that supports, um, you know, that supports us to keep the website up, be able to go to the conventions and talk to people, go to Washington, DC when there's a meeting and they say, you know, you guys could, you guys will be on the invite list if you can come to DC. Well, how hard is it for us to like drop everything and go, you know, like one of us has to go. Um, there have been a lot of, um, you know, postage, this kind of thing. So we really run on a very, very small budget, but we have gotten a lot of stuff done to many of these truck parking meetings. In fact, I was the only driver at every single meeting that was held for Jason's Law between 2015 and 2016. I was the only driver at most of them and I attended every single one of them and it was hard, but it was because of the support of our members that we were able to do it and have our name in there and have the voice of drivers, not just women drivers, male drivers too, to speak for all our brothers and sisters that are, that are out there, you know, struggling with these different things. Absolutely. Oh, did I you? You broke. No, I, you kind of broke up. Oh, there bit. you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I, I had heard was that you had worked a lot on getting PPEs for truckers this year. Yeah. So we, uh, we also started another organization. It's called Truckers Emergency Assistance Responders. The short name is TIER, 
We are on Facebook, mm-hmm. but we have a website as well. It's um, cdltear.org. That is um, a 501c3 charitable organization. Um, there's a link up right now because they're doing the Amazon Prime Day where if you shop on Amazon, then you donate to different um charity groups tier is eligible so our link is on our facebook page right now and twitter but basically we started that organization um as a way to help drivers who become abandoned on the road by their carrier i think all of us know that it's a pretty common occurrence when a company just whatever abandons you and you can't Mm -hmm. get home and you have a dog and a refrigerator and a mattress and, you know, um, maybe you're going to go on to another company, but you can't get there. And there's a, a couple days in between. So Tier was set up to um, offer short term small cash assistance when from carrier abandonment. Um, I was I've been I was abandoned myself a couple times when I was a student. I was left in the desert for four days with no money um, to eat. Um, it was you know I've I've had to leave my stuff behind. I've heard of other drivers having to leave a pet behind. So we had been putting our money together at Real Women in Trucking to help people from time to time when things came up. But with through the organization, now we can do it as a charitable organization. So there's been, you know, people that needed a motel room for a night. You know, if we can verify the situation, um, then then we try to help them. We are not fully funded. We just got our 501c3 right in November of 2019. And I was actually working on the website when the pandemic started. So Dominic Oliveira who a lot of you have heard is the lead plaintiff in the prime settlement that just happened. Um, Mm -hmm. He actually came up with the idea. He called me and said, there's so many drivers out here that do not have PPE. We need to talk about that. We need to write about it. So I did. I wrote about it when our website was just, I I didn't even have all the pages up. I wrote one post about how drivers didn't have PPE. It went all over the place. And my point was other people should be giving them PPE, not us. <laughs> but what happened was people started sending us PPE and cash donations to buy PPE, which we couldn't really get at the time, but we eventually did. And I started going to the truck stops and personally handing it out and putting it together in little packs and, when drivers came through town, I would load them up in their truck with a bag full of it to take to drivers they encountered along the way. Um, after that, a, a Uber Freight um, ordered uh, 10,000 units of a specially branded box of PPE, so we included that. So we ended up doing it in South Florida. We got permission to do it on the turnpike. Uh, Tamara Brock did it, who's a part of our organization, started doing it in Mississippi. We had members doing it in Brooklyn, uh, Nevada, Utah, um, Southern California, Iowa, um, Texas. It was just really wonderful to see um, people coming and helping. Um, And then Sarah, who you mentioned, 
she stopped. She stopped by two times to get some to help pass it out. And um, we have members that, you know, do a loop from uh, Michigan to Southern California. They'll stop and get some. It's been wonderful to see everybody pitch in. That's awesome. That's I think that's the one takeaway from this year. I mean, it's been a crazy year and all that. But I think the one thing that I love the absolute most is it seems to definitely have brought the trucking community to be- together more, um, especially in a lot of the Facebook groups. It seems like people are trying to help each other out if they need supplies, keep each other informed on, you know, like road closures and stuff like that. So definitely seems to have brought back like the sense of camaraderie that I think was missing in the trucking community of the last few years. So I think that's maybe one of the good takeaways. From yeah. This year. Yeah. Now, I know you had mentioned about tier. Is there a way, is there like a, a place on the website that people can make donations to help you guys? to Yeah, further this? there is a donate page, a donate tab on the website and you just click donate and you can um, do it. It goes right to our PayPal. It also has an address if you wanted to send a check and uh, if you want to set up a recurring donation, and then it has the link for the Amazon Smile if you want to bookmark that on your computer so that when you shop on Amazon, a percentage will go to tier. Um, there is an, a way to do Facebook donations too, um, and mm-hmm. it goes through their network for good. I have had all kinds of problems getting set up so that it comes directly to us, but that's okay. Cause network for good does send us the check eventually. Um, I'm still working on it because I have, there's some sort of conflict when I send them the paperwork for tier, they keep wanting to think it's for real women in trucking. Yeah. Real women in trucking oh, is yeah. a, a nonprofit, but it's not a charity. It's a trade association. It's different. So getting right. Facebook to, understand that has been a challenge (laughs) (laughs) and just so our listeners know we're going to put all this information up on our website too we'll have it both on married to the road and truckers for truckers so you can find um all the sites that desiree's mentioned if you guys want to make um contributions or if you want to join and get a membership in real women in trekking we'll have that information on there too so I just want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with us, Desiree. I really appreciate well, it. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I uh, I know there's just there's so many groups out there, and there's so many um, people that are that are doing um, awareness like you are and radio programs. And I think that it's great. You know, social media has been wonderful for truck drivers, and just try to have each other's backs and 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 learn about this topic with the sexual misconduct. It is a thing in our industry. We need to solve this problem and get the bad apples out. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree with you. And and like you said, it's got to be something that we're not afraid to talk about. And then women should not be ashamed to open exactly. up about it. Thank you so much, Desiree. I really appreciate it. And we will get all the information up on our website. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. Take care and be safe, everyone. (laughs) You too. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, I'm coming to you today to talk to you about an amazing organization that I've had the opportunity to get to know. It is called Meals for 18 Wheels. Meals for 18 Wheels is an organization that is found on Facebook that is a uh, non-for-profit organization that relies strictly on volunteers to go around and provide meals for truck drivers. These could be truck drivers that maybe are stranded or maybe a little bit low on funds or having problems. Maybe they're at a rest area or a truck stop. And what they do is they get their volunteers who are located all across the United States and Canada to go and help these truck drivers by providing them a meal or paying for a meal at a restaurant there at the truck stop. This is an amazing organization that relies solely on volunteers. With the holidays coming up and a lot of our truck drivers having to work over the road during these awful holiday seasons and not being able to be there with their family members, we are asking people to go to the Meals for 18 Wheels Facebook page, join their group, and become a volunteer. Help provide a hot meal for a truck driver this holiday season. And if you enjoy it, we encourage you to sign up for next year. They could use volunteers all year round. Be sure to check out the Facebook page, Meals for 18 Wheels, and be sure to tell them that we sent you. We want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. We truly appreciate our listeners. And don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at Married to the Road, also on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget, you can visit our webpage at MarriedToTheRoad.com. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Be safe out there. and Keep your eyes on your road. And your ears on us. This is the Married to the Road podcast. With your hosts, Larry and Angie Baum. Married team truckers who will share with you the latest trucking news, share stories of life out on the road, their crazy road dogs, and how they are giving back to the trucking community with their Treat a Trucker campaign. Sit back, relax, and listen into Married to the Road. Keep your eyes on the road and your ears on us. Hey everybody, welcome to Married to the Road. I am your host, Angie. And I'm Larry. How you doing today? <laughs> you sound in pain. Just a little bit. Yep. (laughs) So Larry had his surgery on Friday and it was successful, although they had to do a little bit more cutting than we expected. So his healing process is going to take a little longer than we expected. Yeah, I got a big hole in me. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's been fun. If anybody's ever had cyst removal, they pretty much send you home from the hospital with an open wound and then the poor wife has to unpack it and repack it I oh, oh. oh poor baby i feel so bad for you she took a picture of the hole it's big it's so gross you guys you don't understand i don't like blood and gore i'm like one of those people that when you watch the horror movies i have to turn away <laughs> even and, if someone gets shot in a movie yeah, i do cringe. i close my eyes i don't like blood and here i'm playing nurse angie <laughs> oh my god People, this is real dedication to a marriage when you have to do this. <laughs> it really is, and I appreciate it, baby. Thank you so much. And then I couldn't have done it by myself. It's, I can't reach down there. No, so pretty much he is <clears throat> going to we, – we got off the phone with the doctor today, and unfortunately we're going to have to take this week off to 
because he's just not going to be able to sit comfortably in the truck and be relaxed. He's in, he's in tremendous pain still. He's, he's a trooper though. He's getting up and walking every day as much as he can. And he's being pampered. Walking is fine. It's the sitting that hurts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but he's, uh. he's doing better. He's every day. It's a little bit better. So hopefully next week we'll be good to go on the road again. But this week we're just going to take it easy and stay home and Get his butt pampered a little bit. <laughs> Especially in that bucking Bronco that we drive. There'd be no way I could drive. Oh, no. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Our truck is very, very bouncy and very loud, too. It's hard to sleep in. <laughs> Definitely keeps you awake. So we have kind of a long show today. And, um, well, I'm sorry. No, we don't. Friday, we have a long show, which I'm going to talk about. So today on our show... Um, I'm going to share with you guys a really, really cool place I had the opportunity to go see yesterday. Um, just so happened that we were off this week for your surgery. And last week, well, was it a week? I think it was two weeks ago. I had asked all you guys, what is a cool charity that we could shine the spotlight on? And you guys gave me such amazing answers. And I want you to know that I am actually looking into each and every one of them to see about getting them on our show. And we do have a couple of them lined up for you guys. So in the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear about some really amazing charities that are doing work for our truckers and our trucker families. And today, I'm going to talk to you about a really cool one that was located only an hour away from us. That you got to go visit. Oh, I'm telling you, if you've ever had one of those moments in your life where you felt like all the stars aligned and it was just too coinkydink or just, it was just worked out perfect. We were off this week. It was only located an hour away from us. I reached out to him and they're like, yeah, come on out. We want you to come see our place. And I couldn't go with. No, no. And I was gone longer than I anticipated, unfortunately. I was gone for a whole six hours yesterday. I spent four hours at the facility and then it took me a little over an hour to get there and an hour to get back so poor larry was on his own for way too long yesterday <laughs> i survived no you didn't you didn't eat <laughs> see what happens when i'm not home i didn't eat or take my pills <laughs> no so i can't ever leave him again <laughs> mm -hmm. but anyway it's a really cool segment it's it's a on a a local place here that's located like i said an hour away from us it's on interstate 70 oh, what's the name of it Road Angel Truck Center, and it's located off Interstate 70 in between Vandalia and Effingham. So I do want to say I I didn't go super in-depth about my visit there just because it would have been a really long podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to put together a pretty in-depth article on Truckers for Truckers telling you all about the cool things, and I took a lot of really good pictures. So, oh, the teacher. Oh. So anyway, and then uh, sixty-eight exit sixty-eight. Oh yeah, off of Interstate seventy. Yeah, and it's it's really easy uh, to get to it. Um, as soon as you get off the interstate, it's just a quarter mile down the road, if that. And uh, super easy for trucks to get into, obviously, because it's a truck center. And How many I'm, parking spots they have for trucks? 48. 48 truck parking spots. It is a nice big uh, parking lot, and they actually just repaved it. And uh, the repaving of, I should probably mention, the repaving of the, the parking lot was $10,000. And they do have an online fundraiser on their website where they're trying to raise funds to pay for that because 
they wanted to get it done before winter because obviously you need to seal your your driveways before winter so they wound up taking the money out of a discretionary fund that they use to help you know supply food and maintenance and stuff like that so they need to replenish that fund so they have a fundraiser right now going on their website where for $25 um, you could be a sponsor of Road Angel Truck Center and that money goes right towards the paving of the driveway so it's for a great organization a great place we really like to try to help get some volunteers and some donations coming through to them and they give out free showers and free food yeah and all you, they ask for is donations yeah you can go there for a shower some free food wash your clothes um, fellowship it is a cool place and, and there were several truckers that were there yesterday that I got to meet so it was just an amazing place I can't tell you guys enough and then and they also have apartments for if you want to spend the night there. Yeah, you know what? I didn't mention that in the podcast, so I, I will mention that. There was actually a truck driver who was in the worship service with us yesterday that I got to attend, and he had just mentioned that he was staying um, at a local hotel that was in town that I guess is not the nicest of places. And But he's going to be in town working for, um, I think, three or four more months. And he had mentioned that the hotel was charging him $1,000 a month to stay at this place. And Pastor Mark and Deb said, hey, we've got an apartment upstairs that, you know, we could rent out to you. That'd be a lot cheaper and probably a lot nicer. And I actually got to go see the apartments that they had upstairs, and they were so nice. Deb and Annette, uh, the two volunteers that work there, they actually spend a lot of their time going to thrift shops and consignment shops, finding furniture and decor and decorations and refurbishing them. And they've repainted all the rooms upstairs, put in brand new flooring. All the rooms are decorated so pretty. They have their own bathrooms and showers. And and so anyway, the way it worked out was, you know, Pastor Mark just said, you know, you pay whatever you think is fair or whatever you can afford and you're welcome to stay here. And so they worked out an arrangement where he was going to save a lot of money, be able to have a safe place that he could stay at. And probably the coolest part is, He'll be able to have some people that he can talk to and a little bit of fellowship while he's there instead of having to be at a hotel and be lonely. So I think it worked out awesome for everybody. And then the money that he pays towards the apartment is going to go straight to the truck center to help support it. So kind of fate, I guess. Yeah, it's really cool. And they give out free maps too. Yeah, yeah. And then um, later on today on the podcast, right after we talk about the Trek Center, uh, we have an interview with Angela Clark. And Angela Clark is actually one of our editors on Trekkers for Trekkers. She's and, an amazing uh, person. Yes, she is. She, Oh, my gosh. She's written so many amazing articles for our website. We truly, truly appreciate it because not only is she a truck driver, but she takes her time out of her busy day to help write articles for our site. We truly appreciate it. But uh, we're going to be kind of doing a new series called uh, Ladies Truckers, and we're going to be shining the spotlight on our hard work in the American uh, lady truckers and, and all that they do in the trucking community. And Angela Clark is going to be our first victim. I mean, lady. <laughs> 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 so we hope that you guys enjoy. Got to be with her. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so we do. We want to. And I've got a couple of. I got mentioning that of ladies truckers we have a really awesome interview probably my favorite interview i've ever done coming this friday with, Is that a, with terry with terry so we have another um interview it was actually it ran long because we just had a really good conversation and she just had so much 
positive, um, upbeat information and for new truckers and lady truckers. And I can't even tell you guys, it's going to be a great, great episode. So that one's going to be on Friday. And the whole segment is just on Terry. And uh, she is a trucker that's been in the trucking community for over 33 years. So let me tell you, she's got some stories and she's got some great advice for lady truckers coming up. Wow. 30 years. Yep. She's got some miles under her belt. Yep. And she's done it all solo. So this year, although I do have to say her husband, Paul, lost his job last year. So he actually got his CDL permit. And so he has been riding with Terry this year, learning the ropes. And hopefully shortly he'll be getting his CDL license and then they'll be able to team on the truck. So in the meantime, he's kind of learning the ropes and learning the e-log and doing all that to kind of help Terry out on the road. So <clears throat> definitely an interesting couple and we're excited to talk to you about them. I can't wait to hear that one. I know. I haven't heard it yet. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or a Red Bull. Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull. Keep yourself awake and just sit back. We're going to take just a quick break and then we'll be back with you with our truck center information. Be safe out there. Thanks everyone. Bye. Hey everyone, have you ever had a situation where you felt like all the stars were just aligning perfectly and you felt like something just was happening for all the right reasons, like it was a fate or maybe a calling? That's the situation that I found myself in this week. And let me just say from the start that I'm not going to be sharing everything that I experienced here on the podcast because it was just such an amazing day and I actually was at this facility for over four hours today. So I'm going to put a really in-depth article on our site, truckersfortruckers.com, along with photos of the truck center that I visited today, along with Pastor Mark and Debbie, and all the great ways that you can give back and help volunteer to this amazing ministry and truck center I'm getting ready to tell you about. So it just so happened that we were off this last week because Larry had to have his surgery. And I had posted in our group Trucker Safety Info about a week and a half ago, asking everybody, what are some great charities that we could shine a spotlight on? What are some great charities doing really good things in our communities for our trucking families that we as a community could help and maybe shine a spotlight on and share all the great work that they do? And an organization that was mentioned more than a few times was a place called the Road Angel Truck Center. The Road Angel Truck Center is run by the Association of Christian Truckers. The Truck Center is located in Illinois, off of Interstate 70, in between Vandalia and Effingham, Illinois. When I looked it up on Google Maps, it just so happens this was only a little bit over an hour away from me. So I looked it up, found out it was only a little bit over an hour away from me, and guess what? I happened to be off this week. So was it coincidence or was it fate? I'll let you decide on that. But for me, I think that maybe it was fate or maybe it was God intervening, telling me I need to check out this place. So the purpose of Road Angel Truck Center, according to their website, is to provide an oasis of love showing oasis of love for truckers, showing them all that come in the love of our Lord. The truck center is not like any other truck center you have probably ever seen before. First of all, it's run solely by volunteers. 
who want to offer truckers a safe, quiet, and welcoming place just to unwind, relax, maybe get a hot meal, a hot shower, watch some TV, or maybe get some fellowship with other drivers or volunteers there at the truck center. Or maybe they have something weighing heavy on their hearts or their minds, that they may be seeking some guidance or worship. At the Truck Center, they offer all that and so much more. The Truck Center is staffed every day, seven days a week, from 6 a.m. to midnight daily. A truck driver can come in at any time during those hours. Not only can he receive a hot meal or a shower or maybe do some laundry, but he can also seek some guidance or maybe get friendly ears just to listen to him. All of this is free to all truck drivers who decide to stop on by. They never charge for anything that they offer. The only thing they ask is that if you can spare a few dollars or maybe some change, that you can make a donation. You can leave your donation at the donation box that's located at the front of the building, or if you're going to join in one of their worship services, you can always put it in the offering plate. The Truck Center is run by some amazing staff members which I was very lucky and had the pleasure to meet just a few of them today. First was Crystal. Crystal was running the audio and video this morning during our church service that I attended. I also found out that recently Crystal's mother, who normally is also a volunteer there at the truck center, but sadly she was involved in a pretty horrific car accident recently and is currently at home resting and healing. Then there was Annette. She was such an amazing lady. She has super deep visions for things that she wants to see and do and accomplish at the truck center. She wants to try to make huge improvements just to make it a more beautiful facility and more appealing for truckers. She is Pastor Mark's sister-in-law. She's also the head of the maintenance there. Not only does she work tirelessly to keep the building in working order, but she's also known around the center for her love of baking. They recently had a large Christian jamboree there where she cooked several dozen muffins and a mountain of pies and so much more. She gave me an amazing tour around the facility, proudly showing me all the improvements that she had done along the way and all the things she would love to do in the future, which I'm going to go more into depth about in my article that will be on truckersfortruckers.com. Then came the two people who I think touched my heart more than anyone in a long time, and that was Pastor Mark and his wife, Debbie. To say that I felt like Deb was a kindred spirit and almost like my long-lost sister is an understatement. We both had come from similar walks of life, having been in long, abusive relationships in the past, but we were lucky that we'd both come out the other side stronger, prouder women with a more deeper faith in God only to find the loves of our lives in the end. Deb not only is Pastor Mark's better half, <laughs> but she is also a very creative and talented woman. In one corner of the table, you will find in the chapel a few tables. They have them lined up with t-shirts that promote the Road Angel Truck Center that you can purchase, and they also have crafts that were created by both her and Annette. They created these crafts and designed them to sell to truckers that come in, with all the proceeds going directly to the truck center. You will find everything from beautiful teacups overflowing with beautiful flowers and decorations, to handmade scarves, jewelry, and a lot more. 
Then if you wander back to the back hallway, you will see lined on both sides of the wall beautiful charcoal sketches that Dev herself has created of animals. Everything from owls to cheetahs to elephants to zebras and more. Not only are they lifelike, but they're absolutely just stunning. Dev is also one of the main cooks there. She makes both breakfast and a nightly dinner for all the truckers that stop in at the truck center. My next person was Pastor Mark. From the moment that you met him, you could just see the joy was just emanating from him. It was like a bright ray of light. You could tell that Pastor Mark truly loved what he did by offering people the word of Jesus Christ and touching people's lives. He is a kind man a very spiritual man, and someone that you just knew that if you sat down and had a cup of coffee with him, you'd probably get lost in a very long conversation with him for hours. The Trek Center offers truckers laundry, hot meals, breakfast, and dinner. They also have a driver's lounge that's equipped with a TV and stereo, puzzles, books, and more. There's so much to this Trek Center, including free literature, free Bibles, everything you can think of. But they can't do all this for free. They rely heavily on volunteers to help with everything, from mowing the grass to doing maintenance around the grounds to helping with the building, even to help cook meals. Or maybe just offering Deb a hand in making her road angel charms. I was so blessed that she gave me two charms to take home. The road angel charms are something that she gives to truck drivers so they always have a guardian angel watching over them on the tough highways and interstates. And she works tirelessly making these and doesn't charge anything for them. It's just her way of giving back to the truck drivers and making sure they stay safe out there on the highways. If you're ever in the area or you're just looking for a great organization maybe to give back to this year, or maybe you're looking for an organization that you can volunteer your time with. They could really use all the help to continue their ministry in the future. I'm going to share a lot more about this ministry and the organization on our website, truckersfortruckers.com, where I'm going to share all kinds of photos, information, how you can volunteer, what type of things they're needing right now, and how you can give back. But in the meantime, visit their website. It's Road Angel truckercenter.com or on Facebook just type in ACT Road Angel to learn more about how you can volunteer or make a donation today. We're going to take a break for just a few minutes and when we come back we're going to have an awesome interview with Angela Clark. Angela Clark is an editor on our site, truckersfortruckers.com. Not only is she an awesome writer and an editor, but she is a female solo truck driver. And she is part of a new series we're going to be doing here on the podcast and on Truckers for Truckers about our lady truckers. We want to shine a spotlight on them. They work so hard out there. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a Red Bull if you need to stay awake. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with our awesome interview with Angela Clark. Hey, Terry. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Did you go driving for the day? Yep. I finished right with like literally seconds before you messaged me. Like not even, or when I saw your message, not even one minute. 
That's perfect. So for those of you guys don't know, this is Terry, and she is going to be part of our uh, Lady Truckers series that we're doing. And so we're doing a little interview with her. And <clears throat> I've known her online for a little bit. And uh, actually, I did an interview with you um, for an article a couple months ago about your mom, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So that's how I got to know you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so uh, the first question I was going to ask you is, how did you get started in trucking? Well, my husband got deployed to the war in 1987, and I was a paramedic, and I just kind of had a really bad call involving a three-year-old. And when I was younger, my little brother passed away when he was 11, and I was 15. Well, he was obsessed with trucks. Where we lived, they had grain elevators, and at night, there would be 300 trucks there and back in the day it was all chicken lights you know just amazing to look at and he kind of that always stuck with me and I just I needed a break from the ambulance and I decided my husband was overseas why not it was what my little brother Sori was going to do one day so I did it for him never thinking <clears throat> three decades later I'd still be here <laughs> That's awesome. Figured, you know, just a couple years, enjoy it, travel, see the country. Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard once you start trucking to get out of it. <laughs> uh, I got out of it for a couple years. And, and you know, it's funny, you hear a Jake break and I'm like, oh, I miss that. Oh, I miss <laughs> it as they go by. And, and my poor husband's like, just go back on the road already. <laughs> <laughs> That's and then, you know, funny. you do, and then you're like, why did I do this? I had a uh -huh. life. <laughs> why did I come back? <laughs> I know. I'll be in my car sometimes, and I'll hear a truck going by me, and I'll hear the Jason going, oh, I miss my truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it's that love-hate thing, you know. Mm. It, it truly is. There's so many parts about it that I used to love, and, and it's a different life out here than, than it used to be, and anybody that's been driving a long time will we'll know what I'm referring to as far as the camaraderie. We took care of each other out here on the road. We'd have cookouts in the back row of truck stops, and people cared about each other a lot more back then. Now it's the me, me, me mentality. So yes. I always used to describe it as back in the day, I got paid to travel, sightsee, and once in a while open a few doors. Now <laughs> it's a job, and that's all it is, a job now. And you know, I, I bet you, you're probably like the 15th trucker that's told me the same thing that back in the day, you know, we, there was the trucker camaraderie, everybody looked out for each yeah. other and it was fun. And oh, now yes. there's so many of them. They're like, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> yeah. It's so well, and, sad. Yeah. And being a woman and, and when I started, you know, I don't, I, I think I drove for two years before I, I saw another female solo driver. So in that aspect, not having a GPS or cell phone, you depended on your CB for directions, you know, anything. So, of course, you had the one out of a hundred. Yeah, baby, I'll tell you how to go get there if you'll do it, you know. But the other 99 were so amazing. And it was nothing to be chatting on, on we, you know, Sesame Channel 19. And, you know, before you know it, you've got 20 drivers just bumper to bumper, the old classic, quote unquote, convoy, you know, mm -hmm. going and, and you've driven 500 miles. And then all of us will pull in for dinner and, and we'll argue, well, who's going to buy who? You know, well, no, I, I got you. No, I got you. I got it. It's just 
it used to be a blast. And it, it's sad because I see now I'm still so stupid and old school. Every time my truck is turned on, my CB is on, number one, mainly for safety, too. But um, if there's a truck on the side of the road, I still ask, hey, big truck on the shoulder, you okay? <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's almost like habit or second nature. I don't know any different. And I get laughed at, what, you don't think he's got a cell phone? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> never know. You know, could have a dead battery, whatever. I'm no still going to be that old school <laughs> idiot and ask, yeah. But back then, we'd fight over who was going to stop and help. Well, I have the tools. Well, I have more time. Well, well, I got water for him or, or you know, <laughs> they would argue about who was going to stop and help. Some guy broke down on the shoulder. And now it's, they well, kind of like have that screw you mentality. And it's it's heartbreaking. It is. It I is. I mean, and I think I think that's one of the reasons I started all the web pages and groups that I have is I – one, I want to change the misconception of truckers because, yeah, right. we do have a few rotten apples out there, you know. But Every the profession majority, does, Angie. Every ex- profession. Exactly. But the majority is we're all, you know, we've all got families at home. Yep. You know, we're doing so much. It's like such a huge misconception out there. Yeah, the oh. misconception that we're all dirty, we're thieves, we're just, we're all drunks, we're drug addicts, we're inconsiderate drivers the whole there's so many things that society thinks of us and I I, I'm like you I want to change that I I wear dresses I I still you know I don't feel like because I do a quote-unquote man's job I have to look like a man And, and I'm not dissing anybody that does you know um everybody can has a right to dress how they want but when I I get out I I carry myself. I'm still a woman. I'm still a lady. And, and so I don't want them to think that women drivers are just dirty, you know, and that's a lot of society believes that. And the other thing is that we're all mean and nasty. And I carry, you know, go to Walmart and you buy the dollar neon blinding poster board, right? I I cut it up and I have signs and I hold them up to four wheelers and, and some trucks who don't have, you know radios but I have you know I have one that says thank you and I use that I can't tell you how many times a day it, every single time a four-wheeler will let me over or does something I will blow my air horn get their attention and hold that sign thank you if I can make that one driver be willing to let the next trucker over or to think for a moment that we're not all buttholes you know then then I think that's a good thing because that person might tell another, you know, there was a driver that actually held up a thank you sign, you, you know. That is such a good idea. I also have ones that like slow, stay right, put your phone down. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> always. On... <laughs> and then I have one that says sorry and idiot. And <laughs> I don't hardly ever use it. I don't know that I've used the idiot one once in three years, but I do use the phone down one. And I use that mostly <laughs> when I have a truck up next to me and he's pushing into my lane, I'll hold it up and just keep going. Point proof, point make, made, you know, but, That's awesome. but I do use a thank you one all the time, like all day long. I have it right there in my door pocket. I want them okay, to I know might that we that appreciate it. I tell everybody <laughs> that. I mean, think of, of what that driver thinks of, of trucker in general when he sees that we're actually nice enough to do that. That we took the yes. time to to do that, and hey, if I can change one person's mind in uh, about the stereotype of drivers a day, 
that's a great thing, I think. Not saying oh, I'm great, absolutely. but I mean, that's, if we can do that, that's a wonderful thing. That is so, I'm serious. I'm going to steal that. I'm not joking. That's a I, great idea. Go for it. I, and I'm the first one to, you know, to let a car out or whatever. I just want them to look at us different. Like we're not bad. Yes. We're not bad people. We're, we're busting our hump harder than most to make a living and to put food on our table as well as everybody else's. And we don't yes. expect to be called heroes. We don't expect all this. You know, there's a few of the young ones. Oh, look what I do. Ooh, I drive a big truck, you know, <laughs> that have that, that mentality. But most of us are very humble. We're, we enjoy our jobs. We take pride in our jobs. And, and I think it's, we portray that in every way all day long and carry ourselves the way we want them to look at us. Because we need to do that. When we have pee jugs thrown out by truckers in parking lots and ramps, how do you think that society looks at us? We're pigs. Yes. And then I feel so bad. We're pigs. Yeah. And then the poor people that have to come behind you to clean that up, you know, this is terrible. I had to stop on a ramp today and my dog had to go to the bathroom. I have a little schnauzer, mini Mm. schnauzer. And if you think I'm letting my dog out on a ramp, out of not happening yes. i'm like baby hold it come on murphy hold it hold it <laughs> i'm the, I'm the same way i won't put my two dogs out on the on ramp either there's Absolutely no way not. and some truck stops are too dirty <laughs> yep I, I you know and i am one that will walk a mile and hold my dog if i have to yep. to get to cleaner grass where i know truckers are too too lazy or too tired or whatever they don't want to go that far I will, yep. I will go I'm that far because there's broken glass and there's urine yep. everywhere and I'm Needles not going to have my dog yep. getting those <laughs> and I don't want my dog around other dog poop <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know so, and my chubby behind will be walking <laughs> my poor dog's like you can hear them like their legs crossing like put me down already <laughs> so what do you find to be the best part about being a female solo driver Encouraging other females. Yeah. I love to encourage other female drivers. Um, it's the most rewarding thing. And, and you know, people tell me when they find out that I've been out here 33 years, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a dry throat, that, oh, you paved the road for us. No, I didn't, honey. You did. Every day you drive, you're paving the road for you and for every other female. It's not just us old timers or us old people, you know. These yeah. new drivers are out here are probably can make more of an impact than I can or than, than you, you know, these mm-hmm. new ones are the ones that can actually do it. But I, I, I'd like to take a moment and thank them. And I, I had the pleasure of meeting a woman, Angela. It was just amazing. She was in the jump seat um, and there was a gentleman driving and, and we were in North Dakota going across 94 and she come up on my, I drive a slow truck now, I admit it. My <laughs> CB handle granny matches my truck now. I belong in the granny lane. And uh, she, they come up to on my driver's side, passing me like every other truck. And um, she, she stopped and slowed down. I mean, she had her partner slow down and she's pointing at me and waving and smiling. And it was just the coolest thing. And she was like, made it clear that, oh my gosh, a woman, a woman. And it turned out we ended up at the Flying J in Mandan, uh, North Dakota together. And we had so much fun interacting. And she was a fairly newer driver. And she was just so excited to see another female. And especially when she found out that my husband just rides with me 
he doesn't drive. She thought that was the coolest thing ever. And and it really touched me in more than one way. The fact that it was a woman that really appreciated seeing a woman. And, and it always makes us all feel good to be appreciated and recognized. You know, it does. But I'm Caucasian and she was African-American. And do you know it didn't matter to either one of us? We're hugging it up in the parking lot looking like we're, you know, about to make out. We're so excited to meet somebody. And in this day and age, I wish there was more of that where it didn't matter the color of your skin out here. And it really, and I I almost want to like get tears. Um, She's just the most amazing. Her name is Kenyatta and she's the most amazing woman. And it really touched me that she didn't give a crap what color my skin was. And I don't care what color her skin was. It didn't matter. And I wish that more right now in our world would be able to have an interaction with a person of another race like that, it might open their eyes to, we are all the same out here. We need to protect and love each other the same. It does not matter. So meeting Um, Kenyatta was just, it was such an amazing day for me. That is so beautiful. And it's so true. I mean, when we first, when Larry and I first started doing this treat a trucker campaign, I was petrified to go up to truckers just out of the blue and, hey, here's a gift card. Okay, we just you, do not thank sound you. you do not seem to be the woman that's scared of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so scared. But because a lot of times, you, you, well, you know, you'll pull up to a truck stop and a lot of them look so unapproachable. Yep. But I tell you what, 99% of those ones that looked unapproachable, the minute I would give them a gift card, just the smile on their face are like, man, you made my day. I had such a, and I tell you what, we have met some of the most amazing people just, just talking to him and just, you know, I just love it. And I especially love meeting the women out there. (laughs) Well, and it's so rewarding because you, you're able to help each other. Like in that group that you have about nighttime drivers, I got to meet Miss Becky Rogers last night on the phone. I was struggling and she saved my bacon. I was tired and I just, we had such a blast talking. So there are so many different ways to meet other drivers with social media, with just being friendly. Don't look like a jerk. You know, when somebody says, okay, this is a sensitive subject for me. And, and I, in these women's groups, and I'm not going to name names on Facebook, there are hundreds of women that will say, I won't even, when I walk, I look at the ground. When a man Mm -hmm. says, good morning, I ignore him. If he opens yep. the door for me, I won't even say thank you. I'm like, and you wonder why they think we don't belong out here. Yep. So you're, you think it's acceptable to be, you know, a, I won't say it, um, because you're a female, you think you're special, you think you're better. Mm-hmm. Show you're better by carrying yourself it with pride and with your head held high. And when, when a driver smiles at you, why do you think that means they're just trying to get in your pants? Yep. So a lot of men think that us women are unapproachable out here. Yes. And that saddens me. That That's heartbreaking. Because, again, like we had said, 99% of the men out here are wonderful family men with zero bad intentions. And it really puts us women in a bad light when there are women out there like that. And don't get me There's wrong. A lot I've of had, them. <laughs> yeah, I've had some really, really bad things happen to me out here, especially back in like the 80s and 90s. Um, some pretty foul things and being a, a female solo. And it, it's not pleasant. But 
they need to remember times have changed a lot. And also, it's only that 1%. You can't treat yeah. everybody based on that one bad. And it's it's like I, I, I actually left a couple of groups because I made a, an example. I'm like, okay, so there are there are women and I've met them out here who are literally just jumping from, they drive, but at night they make money in trucks. Okay. Jumping from truck to truck, making some extra cash under the table, so to speak. Because that one woman does that. Do you want the men to think that all of us do that? Just because that right. one, just because there's the one bad guy, are we supposed to judge all men? And it's not. That's so true. I, yeah. I tell you what, I, I was, I was so guilty until it was when I started, it was actually when I started this group. Um, I don't even remember what the comment was, but we were talking about that, how women tend to not look men in the eye and they don't make eye contact. I was guilty of that. And it was, it wasn't because I thought I was better. It was because I was so sick of men. Yeah. I was scared. And I had men that were just being so rude to me. Yeah. And it was actually Jose Santos, who's in our group. He said, that saddens me. He goes, because so often he goes, I will go up to a lady and say, open the door for her and say, have a good day. He goes, and so many times he goes, they just don't acknowledge me or they keep their head down. They don't look at me. And I almost broke out in tears. I said, I'm one of those. Yeah, I'm one of those people. So ever since he said that, I have made a conscious effort that, you know, I smile at all the drivers right. and I thank them when they open the door because I was like, I was one of those people. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I love people and yes. I, you know, I do. When I go to fuel, my husband, Paul, bless his heart. He's like, holy crap, woman, do you ever stop? Is there an off button? Because <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not on a tight schedule, you know, you know how it is when you got to keep the left door shut, foot down, go. Mm-hmm. And I get out to fuel and there's a guy next to me, like, let's say with a cute dog or <laughs> a nice truck. I'm a big, you know, I love my trucks. Uh, and Me too. <laughs> yep, and I'll start talking, and, and my poor husband's standing there, and, you know, he doesn't even drive, and he's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I can't imagine 33 years how many people and how many friends I have to this day I would have lost out on had I had that attitude. It's hard. Yeah. I, I just, I can't even fathom that. I have met some of the most phenomenal people, men, out here that I'm still friends yes. with to this day. From 30 years ago, I have a couple that I'm still friends with. I'm so grateful that I was, I've always had a big mouth. <laughs> That's why we get along. <laughs> the same <Yeah>. way. <laughs> I'm not afraid to walk up to anybody. And I'll tell you, women are, are rude to other women out here, which is sad. Yes. We need yeah. to lift each other up like nobody's business. Exactly. we got to support each other. It's Absolutely. hard enough out here. And I think it makes it sometimes harder when we're women out here. So we got to be there to support each other. Oh, it is definitely oh. harder. You know, it's the only, I believe it's the only type of job in this country, probably the world, where sexual harassment is allowed. And you can't do a damn thing, sorry, darn thing about it, pretty much. You get on that CB radio and somebody says something, I, I, what are you going to do? I called the yep. company. I used to run a, a, like a dedicated down into the DuPage airport in Chicago area back in the early 90s. And there was this local driver that I don't know how he found me, but three times a week, that man found me. <laughs> and it was the most disgusting, vulgar things that would come out of this mm. man's mouth. 
It was about six months I dealt with this. And I have a really thick skin because I'm one that will tell a man, why don't you go back to the sleeper and finish your game of ring toss on your wiener with a Cheerio and let the big people talk. I, <laughs> I, I have no problem putting a man in his place when he deserves it. But this guy really got to me. I called his company. Do you know what the owner of his company told me? If you don't like it, go back to the kitchen and pop out a few babies like where you belong. The owner of his company told me that. Is it that bad now? No. Would an owner ever say that? Not if he wants his company. (laughs) But (laughs) it's, it's still, you know, so it's still tough out here for women in a lot of ways. It's, you know, parking lots at night, different things. But we, if we had our backs more, it would be easier. It really would. Yes. It would even just Absolutely. make us feel better when, if the women were better to the other women. Absolutely. So I know you've talked about your husband, Paul, and I know that he's not with you on the truck all the time. And I know a lot of times he's at home. So how have you guys made your marriage work when like you're out on the road for a long period of time and he's home and how do you guys, cause I know you guys have been married for a while. Yep. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> yep. He, he actually um, lost his job last year. So he's been with me full time since last year. Um, right now he happens not to be because he's at home taking care of my mom. Um, but we are so blessed, Angela, to have a marriage <clears throat> that is almost unheard of nowadays. I, I could be apart from him for five years. I wouldn't like it, but I would never look at another man. And he's the same way. We are so, it's almost like we're the same person. We're so mm-hmm. bonded and so close that we don't, we can be absolutely fine without like physically being in the same room for months at a time. We just have, I'm so blessed to have a husband like I have. I, he's the kind of man that when we were 12 and 13 and dreamed of our wedding and our knight on shining armor, whatever you want to call him, he was the one, the kind of guy that we dreamed about when we were little girls. I oh, am just, so sweet. he is my everything, my best friend, my absolute everything. I, I'm very lucky. And having him out on the truck, I was concerned because I've never run team. <clears throat> and I'll be doggone, this is my space. <laughs> and I have a lot of stuff. 40 <laughs> pair of shoes. I I have like tons of clothes. Everything has its place. I'm like my jewelry here, my hair stuff, you know, you know how it is. Oh yeah. And I'm a germaphobe really bad. Anybody that knows me will tell you I'm a bad germaphobe. Like every time my dogs go to the bathroom, they get their feet scrubbed on the running board before they're allowed back in my truck. So for my husband, it's like, you're not going to step up even between the two seats with shoes on. I have a a throw rug there. Shoes don't touch that throw rug. Mm -hmm. And so it was a learning curve for him and me, but he kind of had to learn to deal. I, you know, at home, he knows I'm like that. And it's a little, you know, more space to be that way, (laughs) but I'm pretty anal when it comes to my ride. This is my home. I'm, I'm pretty picky. Absolutely. You got to be picky. That's, that's exactly it. It's your home. <laughs> well, when you, when you have such a small area, um, if you don't have an organized, oh, Lord, I am not a pleasant person if something's disorganized in my little, my little <laughs> house. This is my little house. <laughs> if there is something you. out of place, I'm like, I have to stop. And go fix. That's how Larry is. Larry's very OCD too. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, 
I'll t- I'll share something with you. You'll find it humorous. Since so, when we first started dating, he I had to go to work one day, and he had stayed over, and he called me while I was at work, and he goes, "Would I was like, I'll be honest, with you, I'm, it was just me and my daughter here, and I was so disorganized because I was working two jobs." Yeah. So he calls me, and he goes, "Would it be okay if I uh, went ahead and organized your kitchen for you?" I was oh, like, geez. "Sure, go for go it." Go for it. So I come home and like everything's in different <laughs> cupboards. I didn't know where anything oh, was at, geez. but I had the most organized kitchen by the time I got home. <laughs> oh, see, now that's a woman's dream man right there. I know. I mean, <laughs> he, he's the one that wants to do the laundry. It's awesome. I have see, the life here. <laughs> Paul's like that. I, especially with me driving, he, he spoils me rotten. Like, I'm not going to lie. In the truck, we cook. All We do almost all our eating by cooking in the truck. We have a pizza pizzazz, a crock pot, a, you know, the standard microwave, a skillet, a, a pot and pan, you know, the saucepan, burner. I mean, everything. Uh, the mini fryer. You you name it, I got it in here. And do you know I stopped that truck and I don't have to do anything? He cooks every meal oh, for me. That's <laughs> amazing. At home, when we get home. Like when he's normally out on the truck with me and my mother lives with us. Um, but when we get home, you know, of course, we're not going to let my mom. She's 74. You know, she doesn't cook for us or wait on us. We take care of her. But um, I'm not allowed. He doesn't like when when I start to cook. No, no, you've worked, you know, two, three weeks. No, let me sit down. Go sit down. Let me. <laughs> and he wants to do everything at home. And I'm so picky. A lot of times I go behind him and re-clean stuff. But it's the thought that counts, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I am spoiled. So, I won't lie. I'm spoiled rotten. <laughs> Me too. He'll scrub a toilet. He'll do dish. He doesn't care. <laughs> he sounds like definitely like a keeper. Oh, so I wanted to touch yeah. a little bit about your mom because I know you've had a really, really rough year. So your yeah. mom's name is Betty. You want to talk yeah. a little bit about what's gone on this year? Well, she, right when COVID started, um, I must have been two weeks after the big, you know, blowout. We live in a really tiny town, like 2000 people. And we have a hospital in town, and they shut the doors. And the only way you could get in even to the ER is you had to call and get permission. They had to approve that it was an emergency for you to be treated. So I got a phone call. uh, It was probably nine o'clock at night from my mother. And she's lived with us for 13 years since my dad passed away. And she has some, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and, you know, standard old age stuff. But she called me in an absolute panic. And she was sitting on a chair in the living room. And and I, I will keep it as clean and, and not as gross as possible. She <laughs> started hemorrhaging um, from the back. Blood. Horrible. And she ran into the, her bathroom. And it just shot out like it looked honestly Angela like somebody had been murdered in her bathroom she took pictures because oh, being a paramedic which I am she always you know oh why the lump or a mark on my skin what's this and she'll take a picture there was blood on the wall behind the toilet the floor the sink and she called I told her call the hospital right away they told her oh it sounds like a bleeding hemorrhoid you can't come in okay so she calls me and I call the hospital and I asked if I could email pictures to show the amount of blood. I emailed it and they still said, ah, it's probably just a bleeding hemorrhoid. And I'm talking blood on the wall, four feet off the floor. Okay. Wow. I mean, we're talking explosive, like, like, like projectile hemorrhaging. 
And a month later, it happened again. They told her the exact same thing. So that, and I don't even remember when that was, to be honest with you, but right at the beginning of COVID. On July 5th, it happened again, and she passed out. I was on the phone with her as she, she was on the ground, and she had, out of weakness, had fell, and she called me laying on the floor, and she passed out on the phone with me. And I was able to call the ambulance, and they got there. They admitted her. The following day, they did a colonoscopy, and I got, so uh, July 6th, they did the test, and I got the call on the 7th from her doctor that they had found massive tumors in her rectum. They were so severe that the doctor that did this in our town was, wouldn't touch them. All he did was take a tiny little sample and back out. He was said, they, and, and his words were, I can't believe that many tumors could fit in a rectum, and I can't believe how angry they were. And that was his word. They were very angry looking. So he told us flat out that it's, it's 90, 90 some percent, it's cancer. Well, we found out just a couple of days later that she was um, advanced anal cancer. And it was not, it's a rare, rare form of anal cancer. Um, it's not even like the normal anal cancer that somebody would get. So it was so bad. And because of the rare form of cancer, um, they, there's nowhere in North Dakota that could treat her where we live. So they needed her down at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, me being the only income, um, it, it was a blow. You know, I'm like, I don't know what to do. She needs to be down there for several months for radiation and chemo. Um, they were just going to blast her. It was so bad. And so I couldn't take the time off, Angela, to be honest with you. I couldn't. I arranged for a family member to go down and stay with her for her entire stay because they have like it's like a lodge. It's like a college dorm, almost a huge building um, where the patients and their caregivers stay. And I arranged to have to take time off after that. So I just came back on the road last week. I wanted to spend her first, you know, six weeks with her at home after all that because of the wound care that was going to need to be done and all the medical other stuff. But um, financially, it has destroyed me. I, I'm, I'm done. I, so much of the care and the, the, the necessary supplies, even, you know, a lot of them are over the counter, but we're talking 30 to $50 a day worth of some of these medications that are over the counter, creams, ointments, you name it. The radiation completely burned all her skin off her backside, her belly, her front, um, and up in her anal area, it's all bloody tissue. There's no more skin from the radiation. And so we're talking, you know, five wound cares a day, special other things, special foods. I mean, and, and these are things that I had to do out of pocket. So it has been unbelievable. And there are medications that are like $6,000. And then I have to pay 1500 of that or 1700 of that or 1200 all different. I, I am just dumbfounded at what insurance does not cover. Medicare. Yeah. Um, they, you know, just the transportation alone, and now the 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 checkups back to Mayo all the time, and then 
it's it's unbelievable. And so I I'm done. I mean, we are losing a vehicle. I had to call the company and tell them to come get one of our vehicles. Um, we got be, we're behind on mortgage. We like, of course, I have to put my mother's medication before a car payment. You know, and thank right. goodness we have. You know, it's not our only vehicle, but it has been so unbelievable. I've never been through anything so frustrating and and challenging and stressful that I and this is totally separate but I'm I've lost so much hair literally my hair is falling out it I've never been through anything like this in my life and I had to come back to work because I couldn't put groceries in the house last week I have nothing I'm out here with like nine dollars I have nothing and I do have my mom caught up on medication through the the next one is like the 27th of the month that I have to pay. So I'm blessed in that way that I, I was able with some help um, to get that. But it's just for living out here on the truck and then you have something like that at home. What do you do? You, you know what I'm saying? Like I, it's, it's frightening to go through something like that when you're out here trying to make money and be safe about it, not sleeping, bawling whatever all the emotions you know the anger the the whole list of things you go through but yet you can't stop the truck because who's going to pay the bills exactly you're the sole provider you want to be there for your mom but unfortunately you're the sole provider so you're torn and i don't want people to think my husband's a bum because he's not um he actually like he's working now helping a farmer but it was my choice to have him out on the truck with me because we were training him he went and got his permit. Right. So, but, you know, just being trained, he's not on the payroll. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's, I'm trying not to cry. It's, um, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, I know, I, I know what you've been through. I know, I know it's been a lot. It's I, been a lot. I, I feel like I, I let her are, down, like I'm, I'm failing. You know, I'm the only child oh gosh, now that my Terry, little brother passed. I'm, I'm the only child, and um, I, I just feel like I'm failing. You know, oh, I can't pay not, our mortgage. Not at all. You know, I don't know if in two months we're going to have a home. Yep. I, I, because I still have thousands of dollars, and this goes on for a year of the traveling. I have to take time off the beginning of November to get her to a doctor. Then again, a couple of weeks later, another four days off. And, and then, you know, the fuel, we live in the middle of nowhere. So it's round trip, 300 miles just to the nearest uh, cancer place that we, that we have to do a blood draw and have them send it to the Mayo. But then we have to go to the Mayo for PET scans. It, it's just like crazy. So that's, yeah. It, it, but it's tough being out here because people don't realize that we're out here trying to, make a living and our hearts are at home, you know, and we don't have a choice. I was just going to say, that's going to be the hardest part because, you know, you want to be home and yet you have a job to do and it's going to be so hard to try to yeah. 
keep yourself focused on your job when Absolutely. your heart and everything else is on your mom. <laughs> well, and, and it comes to where we have to try and do the best. And I, I'm not saying that men aren't emotional, but as women, we take things really to heart. I think a lot more than mm-hmm. some men and we can't shut things off like men can. Nope. Um, and, and that's exactly what I need to do I, when I'm driving. I need to try to not think about my mom because if I do, I'm going to need to pull over and wipe my face, you, you know, and, and I can't do that. Yep. I can't afford to do that. You know, we have to go. Yeah. And it, it's, it's scary. And, and like right now, our future, I have no idea what's going to happen. We just, there's no clue, you know, and to have that up in the air. And I started a GoFundMe account, <clears throat> but unfortunately all my friends are poor too. So I really did. Yeah. I mean, and don't it's get me wrong. It's a terrible year. Yeah, I, I, we, we raised. I think it was sixteen hundred dollars, and that's huge. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. Um, unfortunately, this is costing me about thirty thousand. But that sixteen hundred came from people's hearts, and that means the world to me. You know, yeah. I was excited when I hit two hundred. I couldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> I, I was, I couldn't believe it. I got two hundred. I, and, but I think Angela, the hardest part of that all was I was so humiliated to ask for help. I was humiliated. Oh, yeah. I had to have a friend like almost blackmail me into starting it. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't take care of my own mother. I was humiliated. See, see now I would be, that would be me. It's like, I can tell you, I can tell you from me, you know, Terry, that was the most beautiful thing you did because you're trying to provide for your mom. But I know I would feel exactly the same way. I would feel like I was lowering myself to have to ask for that. But I, I do want to tell our listeners that we are going to put all the information to Betty's GoFundMe on all of our sites. And if you guys want to make a donation, you know, Terry is a fellow truck driver, just like all of us. She's out here trying to make a living. She's the sole caregiver and provider for her mom right now. So if anybody can help out, donate a little bit, you know, this is going to go towards a good cause to help out her mom, to help out with the expenses of getting her back and forth to the Mayo Clinic and to help out because it's expensive. And Terry has got to be on the road working. She can't do both right now. Even if it's a so prayer. So if we can get some donations, we'd appreciate you know, it. And if you can't pray, that it's, we believe in prayer. Absolutely. You know, 100%. I, I appreciate it. Everything. Um it sucks yeah, I'm to have to ask. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in Alabama. Come on down. <laughs> but it, it oh. sucks to ask. But you know, I and that's exactly why I did it. Was I have to swallow my pride? My mom sacrificed her whole yeah. life for me and my brother, who was born terminal and spent 11 years in the hospital. His whole life, pretty much. He was. Uh, I've oh. never heard of the boy in the bubble. My brother yes. um, had that. He was born with no immune system. And, oh my and so it's my mom watched him for 11 years. We watched him die and he suffered bad. And my mom struggled through and stayed in it. And I, I had to swallow my pride for her. She deserved that. And that's part of Absolutely. why it's so hard now and why I feel like I'm such a failure, you know. And, and I, you are I do want to say that if you are with a good company, um, as as a driver and as a, a female driver, male driver, it doesn't matter. Sh- show that to them because my company, um, 
has absolutely been so amazing through this. They let me, Angela, pick my mother up in my truck from the Mayo Hospital in Rochester under a load because she couldn't sit when she got released. <clears throat> so she could lay in my bed for the 10-hour drive home. They made sure. Oh, that's amazing. I, I couldn't have done this without my company. I don't know if I'm allowed to say my company, but it's yeah, SNS yeah. Transport out of Grand Forks, North Dakota. Small, 130 truck, family company. And I will quit trucking before I ever leave this company. And not because of just my mom, even before that. I have never worked for a better for better people and without them I would never have been able to do where I, to even get as far as we got without my company so if you are with a good company let them know how much you appreciate them so they continue to be that good company and if you're with a crap company especially as a lady out there don't stay with that company don't be feel like nobody else will want me because I'm a woman get the heck out there are companies out here that will treat you like a queen Yes, Don't that's settle. so true. We, so many women in this industry settle. Don't settle. There are good companies out here. Go for it. Find one. Yes. I will quit before I yeah, leave my we company. Are, we are very blessed. We, I mean, we work for FedEx right. Ground, but we, we work for a contractor. And the, the company that we work for, it's, it's a smaller company, too. And it's very family-oriented yeah. and We've been very blessed, very blessed. They're just an awesome company. But yeah, I, I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to you because I know we, we spoke a little bit about your mom and stuff, but I'm, I wanted, you know, people to actually hear your story because, you know, it's one thing for me to write a story right. and, and it's another thing to put a face with well, it. You know? I also, real quick, Angela, if I have a moment, one of the things that really helps me get yeah. through is I am very active in a, in a group called Trucker Rocks for fun the number four and it is a group mm -hmm. of truckers and non-truckers but it was started by a female driver we paint rocks and leave them all over the country and yes. we do inspirational funny goofy my cb handles granny so i paint granny rocks she's my little smart mouth old woman that says i'm so tired the bags under my eyes are bigger than my boobs that was one of them things like that <laughs> and then we have you know really nice ones i'm probably the the one that needs to be babysat the most in the group i won't lie <clears throat> i have the smarter mouth <laughs> um but what up until my mom got sick what we did what my husband and I did is every time somebody would find one of our rocks and post it, we would make a donation to the Ronald McDonald house in that person's name. And right now I kind of can't do that, <clears throat> but it brings me joy when I see people um, post, like I really needed this. One was in our group. We were on my way to say goodbye to my dad before he passed my husband and, and our kids. And this was a woman posting and this rock it just touched every one of us. Things like that are, are the response that we get. And it's kind of like, I'm, tr you know, I'm getting a lot of joy from that in, in this hard time to know that a stupid rock can bring somebody that much joy and oh. a smile. Like I'm doing Halloween ones now. And, you know, so it, there are so many different things that us as women can get into and promote, um, decent wonderful women drivers out here and this is just one tiny example of how you can use social media to really show people that we have hearts 
you know, and men too. We have a lot. We have several men that are amazing artists in this group that drive trucks. We have Canada, you name it. And it's such a positive connection and positive um, interactions that we have with people in society over something as dumb as a rock, literally as a rock. I I love to paint. And so send me the link to that and I will post it because I want to share it with everybody. Because I have to say your rocks blow (laughs) me away. Seriously. You're so artistic. You need to send me some (laughs) photos so I can show everybody. I mean, you're so artistic. Michael Jackson (laughs) one. Oh my gosh. I made his face look like he's the most warped. Oh, it was ridiculous. But, but, you know, I dropped it in Indiana somewhere yesterday and I hope somebody gets a smile and a laugh out of his weird cheekbone because I made it look worse than normal. I mean, I jacked up his cheekbone. We know he's got some pretty intense cheekbones, but I, but no, it's like just little things like that, that as drivers out here over the road, if you can find something like that to do it you know not only does it bring other people joy and it brings us together with society our non-drivers and it can make them understand us a little bit but it can bring you so much joy to do like you know when you're sitting if you get I don't often with my company like wait for a load but you know in any situation if I'm waiting to get unloaded or loaded just that little bit of distraction can really keep you healthier you know to have something that brings you joy in the world and we need that out here because our life out on the truck is scary let's face it and it's the highest mortality rate of any employment in the country is truck driving right now and it, there's a huge suicidal rate amongst truckers we need to fight that we need yep. to find ways to help each other and to find things to do to change that you know i started walking and i started inviting other truckers to walk with me i'm, I'm down 150 pounds and wow congratulations so many drivers don't want to get out by themselves and walk get on the radio see if somebody else wants to Mm -hmm. go for a walk it's safer number one but get somebody else out too just stupid little things that you can come up with be safe about it but different things that we can do as a community of drivers to promote better mental health better physical health there's like so much that can be done that people aren't doing because they're not aware of it And a yep. rock can bring smiles. A rock. I look stupid though, picking up rocks oh, in I, parking lot. <laughs> I'm telling you, I want to join because when I saw your rocks, I was like, "How do I get involved with that?" Because that looks like so much like, fun. I yeah, would love like to do 50 that. Cent paint from Walmart, literally. It's the cheapest hobby Perfect. that you can have, <laughs> and pretty much the rocks are free. <laughs> You can literally, like, I don't, like, empty somebody's display, you know, but if you're, like, loves has some really good ones in some rest areas, I'll grab, like, two or three and leave one. Grab two or three and leave one. But I I look pretty ridiculous. My husband thinks, he thinks it's funny. I'm bent over, stuffing my pockets with naked rocks. (laughs) My big butt sticking out for people to see. And I'm stuffing naked rocks in my pockets. (laughs) That's awesome. But... Oh. It makes it brings joy to me and to other people. So I'll do it all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. So all it is is well, me are the number four and F. But yeah, I'll, I'll send you this. Stuff. Awesome. 
Yeah, I will definitely make sure that we get that. And hey, send me a couple of photos of some of your rocks because I'm telling you, they're amazing. <laughs> we will share that okay. too. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you much for this. I really appreciate Angela, it. And I hope everybody out there has a safe night and, and find joy in your job. That's all I can say. Find your own joy in what you do because it is out there to be found. Oh, that was beautiful. You're gonna make me cry. Thank you, Angela. You tell oh, that hubby. Your mom I said a big hug for me. Said to get better, and and we're always praying. Okay. Thank you. You you get All some right, sleep thank tonight, Miss Angela. Bye, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Treat a trucker is a program designed by Larry and Angie Ball. This program thanks America's truckers by giving them a free meal in the form of a Subway or Denny's gift card. Consider making a donation today and help give a truck driver a free meal today. Just visit our Married to the Road Facebook page and see our current fundraiser. Help treat a trucker today. We want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. We truly appreciate our listeners. And don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at Married to the Road, also on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget, you can visit our webpage at MarriedToTheRoad.com. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Be safe out there. And keep your eyes on your road and your ears on us. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a few moments. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a few moments. How are you? Hi, Angie. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So where are you heading out to today? I am headed to Los Angeles. Ah, <laughs> we just came from there last week. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> oh, so we're doing a segment this week on female women in trekking and female drivers. And so for those of you that don't know, Angela Clark is an editor um, on our site, Trekkers for Trekkers, and she's also a member in our trekking safety group. So we thought she'd be an awesome person to talk to. And you drive flatbed, is that correct? Yes, step deck. Oh, so tell me, I know, I know, I don't know very much about flatbed. I do know it's a very physically demanding job. So what, is, what has been the hardest thing about doing flatbed? Climbing on top of crates because I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> <laughs> me too. That would be hard. <laughs> yes. I tarp, I chain, I strap. I have to climb on top of crates and fix things. It's all very physically demanding. Uh, is there any tips or tricks that you've learned along the way to kind of make it easier, especially because you drive solo too? Yes, I do. I try to tarp on the ground as much as I'm allowed to. Um, I, I haul jet engines primarily, but we do aircraft parts, anything that goes on a plane, we'll haul it. Okay. So, so crates, um, you know, that contain parts or, you know, engine parts inside the airplane parts, those kind of things. If I can, I try to tarp it on the ground. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Now, do you have, okay, so I'm going to post some pictures on our website, but your truck is pink and white. Do you have a name for your truck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is the Pink Panther. Uh, that makes, I love it. I'm like, if I had a truck of my own, it would definitely be pink. <laughs> yeah. 
So how long have you been truck driving and have you always been solo? No, um, I started driving in 1997. Uh, that was the last century for those of you youngins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started out driving local in California, hauling tomatoes out in the fields. And that was a foot in the door so that my then husband and I could drive team. Okay. And we drove together until 2010 and we bought a second truck with the idea of having both trucks leased on to the same company and we would be able to see each other. You know, it, it wasn't, we'd been married for 20 some odd years at that point. And we didn't last much longer after that. We got divorced in 2012. So I have been solo since late 2010. Do you like, do you prefer being solo? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's nice, but sure it's got its, its upsides and its downsides. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Yes. I like, I like being alone. I'm, I'm a introvert, I guess is what you could call it. I miss having someone to do fun things with, but I've also learned to enjoy my own company. Yeah. And, it, you know, when you learn to enjoy yourself, you're never alone. That's that's so true. And I mean, Larry and I team drive too, but I find myself, you know, alone a lot. And I think that's one of the things, if you're not comfortable with yourself and happy with yourself out there on the road, it can be very lonely. <laughs> very true. Oh, so I, I have a question. So as a single female trucker, do you feel safe out there on the roads? Honestly, yes, I do. I have always been told that I give up, I give off a leave me alone vibe. And that may just be my personality, but apparently it works. I, I don't have any fear of being out here by myself. I have broken down on the side of the road. I have been in bad neighborhoods overnight and I keep to myself naturally so I think that just lends a little bit of, of safety to it. Right. Absolutely. I can see that. What do you think has been the most rewarding part of being out there as a truck driver and representing like women in trucking? I, I think, you know what, the most rewarding thing is when people look at you and they're like, I can't believe you do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, what did you think I was going to do? <laughs> I know exactly what you feel. I, that's, I think that's the best thing when you see people are like, wow, you're a woman driving a truck. It's like, yeah, you know, women do drive trucks. <laughs> I, lo I love it myself. But your job is so much harder than mine. I mean, I drive doubles, which is hard to put together, but but doing flatbed is a much harder, harder job. So <laughs> I have driven doubles. I have driven van. Um, I have never dr done reefer, but uh, doing the step deck, I think, is probably my has been my favorite part in this career. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very proud, I guess, of myself because when I started out, I didn't think I could do it. And so I had to prove to myself, along with everyone else, that I could do this and do it well. 
That's exactly how I was too. So we're very similar. I, I'd always worked in an office before Larry approached me with, would you want to be a truck driver? And I, I honestly doubted myself for probably the first year and a half. I'm like, I can't do this, but that's so true. I think once you start having the confidence in yourself, your driving's a lot better. You feel much better about yourself. Confidence is the key, especially out there on the road. Yeah, no, I agree. I drove team with my ex-husband for so many years I didn't have to learn to back up he did it and and I was okay with that when I started driving solo I realized I was a much better backer than I gave myself credit for Mm -hmm. and so it's little things little things that I learned and I'm you know try not to pat myself on the back but I do smile and say wow I didn't know I could do that Absolutely. I mean, it's not an easy job. And I know exactly what you're Larry has a tendency that he wants to do everything for me, too. He's like, well, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's like, but I want to learn. I have to know this stuff, you know? And then when you do learn, it makes you feel so good about yourself. Exactly. Uh, so one of the things I've noticed, especially since I've been on the road, is <clears throat> we're starting to see a lot more females going out there and becoming truck drivers over the last few years. What is your thought process on that? Because when I was looking the other day, um, so three years ago, it was only like 6% of the women in the trucking industry were actually drivers and now it's gone up to 8%, which I think is awesome. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's wonderful. The company that I'm leased to, I've been here for three years. And prior to that, it was a very similar company where a lot of us came from. Um, they went out of business. So we kind of all moved over here and we are probably 99% husband and wife teams, Um, we don't, we only have one truck that I can think of that's brothers. So there's a lot of women here and, and I'm proud of us because we get out, we tarp, we get out in the rain, we get out in the bad weather, we deal with the traffic, we deal with the accidents. And I've never met a group of women that I'm more proud to call friends. I could totally see that. And then that was one of the questions I had for you. I think one of the things that I love the most about the truck, just being a truck driver in general, is that there's such a sense of camaraderie amongst everybody. And have you found yourself where you have like a lot of trekking friends that you can call to when you're driving just to keep yourself, you know, awake? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, Yes. There's a couple of girls here that I know I can call it pretty much any time of the day or night. And some of the other ones, you know, if I see them, we're getting out the chairs, sitting around chit-chatting. I, you know, I've been to some of their homes that some of them have been to mine. And it's, you know, we're, we're a great group. So I have a question for you. Since you are solo, have you, do you date or do you find that it's hard to date out there? Well, I was solo <laughs> for so long. <laughs> that I I did date um I have a boyfriend now and we've been together for a little over three years and but before him it was hard it was really hard to date mostly the usual you're not home you're never around we can't go do things that kind of stuff yeah so it was hard and there was you know a couple of just 
you know, why, why did I think this was a good idea of relationships? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. And, and, and that's, I think a lot of my female singers or single friends are always like, you know, it's just so hard because unless you're a truck driver, you just don't understand the industry. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. But when I met um, my boyfriend, he, this is what I did. He met me as a truck driver and he's been out on the road with me. He loves it. And, oh, you know, maybe someday in the future, that'll be something that we do together. Um, right now, it's not a possibility, but it, you never know what the future might hold. Absolutely. So there's a lot. I mean, this year, as far as trucking goes, I think it's been absolutely insane with the coronavirus and the protests and the rioting and stuff. But a lot of things, I think, have been brought up, like, you know, changes that people would like to see in the industry. Is there anything you think of off the top of your head you'd like to see as far as maybe changes in the industry for women truck drivers? Well, I think our biggest issue right now is parking. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, and that's male and female, but female because sometimes we end up in the way back of the parking lot or on a shoulder on an on-ramp and that's just simply not safe. Yeah. So I, I, I see a lot of closed rest areas, you know, nowadays and a lot of abandoned truck stops that have the parking barricaded off. And I think that if we could figure out a better way to provide parking that would be a lot safer for those of us who, you know, have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom or ha- want to go in and get a cup of coffee and not walk, uh, you know, a football field to get to the building. Oh, yeah. yeah I could not agree more. So I was going to, my last question to you, and this was an easy one. <laughs> what, one of the things we've talked about, like in our group of stuff with ways to keep you guys awake and alert. Like for me, it's podcasts. Is there something that you do that keeps you awake and alert besides like talking to friends and stuff? I, you know what? I drive the night shift once in a while and I did last night. It was hard. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the nights was, are the worst. <laughs> long night last night. Um, but I do, I listen to podcasts. I am a huge fan of Bobby bones. So when I go home, I don't listen for two or three weeks. And so I have a nice back, you know, library of back episodes. Um, I just finished last night, this wonderful podcast by Angela and Larry Baum called (laughs) married to road. (laughs) I finished it all last night. Um, Music, I have an extensive, you know, overwhelming iPod library. Um, so, you know, between that, I have a couple of girlfriends that I can call if I need to. I can always call the boyfriend and wake him up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that helps. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of uh, a couple of cups of coffee. And I, I did. I was very proud of myself last night because it was hard. It was it was a leave late in the evening and then drive all night shift. Oh, I hate it. It's, it's nice because there's hardly anybody out on the roads and the construction's usually a lot less. But like, I think the hardest time is like between two and five for me. That's like the hardest trying yeah. to not draw, you know, your eyes start getting tired and <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's the worst. <laughs> Oklahoma last night, you know, wind and everything, but it's just, there's nothing. It's black. It's, 
pitch black and there's nothing to see. <laughs> yeah, I think Oklahoma and Texas for me are the worst because there's no scenery. There's no, at least there's, there's no mountains. There's nothing to look at. And then it's dark on top of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you for talking with me, Angela. I appreciate it. For those of you guys who haven't, go to Trekkers for Trekkers. She's got a bunch of awesome articles on there. And we're going to post some pictures up on our website of her Pink Panther Trek. But thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with me. You're so welcome, Angie. All right. Be safe out there. I will. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I'm coming to you today to talk to you about an amazing organization that I've had the opportunity to get to know. It is called Meals for 18 Wheels. Meals for 18 Wheels is an organization that is found on Facebook that is a uh, non-for-profit organization that relies strictly on volunteers to go around and provide meals for truck drivers. These could be truck drivers that maybe are stranded or maybe a little bit low on funds or having problems. Maybe they're at a rest area or a truck stop. And what they do is they get their volunteers who are located all across the United States and Canada to go and help these truck drivers by providing them a meal or paying for a meal at a restaurant there at the truck stop. This is an amazing organization that relies solely on volunteers. With the holidays coming up and a lot of our truck drivers having to work over the road during these awful holiday seasons and not being able to be there with their family members, we are asking people to go to the Meals for 18 Wheels Facebook page, join their group, and become a volunteer. Help provide a hot meal for a truck driver this holiday season. And if you enjoy it, we encourage you to sign up for next year. They could use volunteers all year round. Be sure to check out the Facebook page, Meals for 18 Wheels, and be sure to tell them that we sent you.